edition of Cubs on Tap. Yes, it's early. Yes, it's only 340. Yes, this game, I think, is in maybe the eighth inning. Not even. I think we're still in the seventh. But that doesn't matter because the Cubs are getting their ass whooped. But we are here, nonetheless, to talk about Cubs baseball. I'm Ron Luce, joined by the one and only Joe Bears today. Before we get started, sir, how are you doing on this uh, beautiful Sunday here in Chicago? Not too bad. This is like, like I said, I think, uh, I don't know if it was with, I think it was with Juice. I did the preview for this coming series. And it's like, the, there's, there is no winning in this series. Obviously, this is ultimately losing more than you'd like, but there is no, you know, there's nothing different to take away from this series besides that we just have to hear it from White Sox fans a little extra. So, yeah, more or less. And, and for those that uh, do follow along with Cubs on Tap, you do know that we are part of the On Tap Sports Network. We do cover the White Sox as well here at the website, and we have plenty of White Sox fans as a part of our website. So, uh, yeah, Joe and I get uh, not berated, but we definitely get reminded um, of the crosstown, at least yeah. this season. That's probably a good way to put it. Yeah, it just just reminded, and it's usually subtle, and it's just enough to just, you know, make you a little like extra sad. But we'll, we'll not worry about that because there was some positives from the weekend. There are some things we can talk about, and a lot of it, I actually believe, Joe, centers around a great article that you just wrote that was released today uh, about this team, bloom, late bloomers, was kind of the, mm-hmm. the topic at hand. And uh, Mills made that comment after the win yet on Saturday. So yesterday, for those that are watching live, Saturday for those that might be listening on Monday as a podcast, nonetheless. And you nailed it on the head, man. I mean, really, we, we've seen these guys that you highlighted in your article have good weekends. Alec Mills, obviously, mm-hmm. yesterday was phenomenal against the White Sox. Um, Michael Hermosillo made a great catch the other night, also hit a, a home run. Uh, you add on to that, you know, Patrick Wisdom and his crazy run that he's on right now. Frank Schwindel, the legend of him, continues. Um, you know, and you and I talked very briefly before we got on the show about Rivas making his debut today and already has two hits. So, you know, some of these kind of quote-unquote late bloomers are really doing a nice job for the mm-hmm. Cubs. So I want to turn it over to you first and, uh, you know, promote your article a little bit shameless plug no problem yeah. with that but you know i mean what are your thoughts just on some of these guys from the weekend and you know maybe what it means for this team not only in 2021 but also in 2022 mm-hmm. so you know part of the point of the article was it's especially with mills you know as he just came off that you know outstanding eight and a third shutout start you look at his career numbers they're not you know, jumping off the page at you, but you, you think about the type of player he is. He's a back end of the rotation guy. And as a starter in his career, he's got a four, one, four ERA. I mean, if you're, t- if you, do, if you don't want that at, at your fourth or fifth starter spot, you're just crazy. And you're in denial. Like that's outstanding. And he's consistent. He can go into the bullpen and he can give you starts. So he's done a really nice job, but the main thing, especially with the weekend Patrick wisdom had, Back-to-back two homer nights. I mean, come on. I, I, I tweeted this out. Me and you were talking, I don't know, a week, two weeks ago. We're like, what do you think? We're like, is he going to get to 25 homers? We're like, yeah, probably. Did we think it was going to happen this this quickly? No way. <laughs> <laughs> so you just see, you keep seeing that number. You're like, okay, yeah. okay. Is he going to get to 30 now? Like, right. he's one He's one away from hitting, uh, from tying Chris Bryant's rookie record for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And, He's only played. I'm today's his 82nd game. Like that's incredible. So crazy. I mean, it's just it's amazing. Like part of the reason why I think you know he can stick in the major leagues, maybe not have you know this amount of success, but you see when the pitcher makes a mistake, he puts it in the seats. 
you know, and then even his second home run yesterday, I mean, that pitch was in off the plate and he got his hands in there and he put it out in the left field. Like he's one, he's making, he's making a pitcher pay for the mistakes. And two, he's putting a ball in the seats, even if it's not necessarily a mistake. So that's, you know, that's just something that really makes you think, okay, you know, this could, this can continue. And then Dope Redbeard in the comments just saying he's got gold glove, gold glove caliber defense as well. Like, He's um, I mean, he's outstanding over at the third base. He started a couple of nice double plays, had one today. I mean, he's 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 doing it all right now. And now you're you're looking back and you're like, okay, MLB probably wasn't too wrong to put him on that field of dreams uh, graphic. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, he's gonna he'll be here, you know, whether mm-hmm. you know whether it's you know it's sustained all the way through next season, but. The Duke can hit 30 home runs next year. Like, that's not crazy. I mean, that's not crazy in, in the league overall anymore, but he has that power. I mean, we're seeing it. It's no surprise. And then you look at guys like Michael Hermosillo. He had a little bit of time with the Angels. He's shown you he can, you know, he can go out there and have a nice little platoon out in the outfield, you know, for you hit left handed pitching. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with Rafael Ortega, who would be the opposite, hit right handed pitching. So it, it's just nice. You're seeing guys who have had chances in the in the big leagues, some more than others. I think uh, Ortega's on his fifth major league team, but they're going out there and they're earning themselves another job. Whether yeah. it's with the Cubs or it's another team, the, these guys are make, making like making themselves big leaguers. And Mandel too, he had a home run today. They're big leaguers and they're earning themselves another shot, whether it's with the Cubs or not. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that absolutely is cool, man. And, and uh, quickly before I, I kind of add on to what you said, good afternoon uh, to our friend Dope Redbeard. And he notes that Patch of Wisdom starting mustache March uh, in August. And I, I'm a big fan of the mustache. I think he mm-hmm. rocks it. I mean, I might I, – I think I came to this realization yesterday. It's a weird thing maybe to say. But I think I have a man crush on Patrick Wisdom <laughs> because he's just a handsome son of a bitch. He's a good baseball player. I mean, he plays great oh, defense. Yeah. And the thing that, too, I think that brings wisdom more – that actually brings more value to Patrick Wisdom now is the fact he can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. We've seen him a lot in left field, and he plays, a, you know, a good enough left field. You don't have to be an elite defender out in left field. I mean, for fuck's sake, we see Eloy playing defense in left field in the, on the south side. Everybody knows he's not a good defender, but that's okay. You don't need to be a mm-hmm. great defender to play left field, especially if you have a good center fielder that can cover some ground. But he's playing left, he's playing first, he's playing third. I'm sure you could, if you really needed to and you were in a bind, you could put him in right. Like, at least he gives you some position versatility, too, on top of it. And like you said, I mean, he's only had, what, 250-something at-bats this season yeah. so far already, and he has 25 home runs. Literally, AAA Iowa Cubs manager was like, yeah, you give Patrick Wisdom 400 at-bats in the big leagues, he's giving you 30 tanks. Fuck, he might do it in 300 at-bats. Fuck 400 at-bats. Yeah. He might do it in 300 at-bats. Like, He's he's been so good this year, and and even some of the other guys too, right? Schwindel has been unbelievable since he's come up to the Cubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been just a story in itself. Literally, there's a reason we continue to say the legend of Frank Schwindel because it is a legendary story the way he's been playing right now. Mm-hmm. And then you also know, you know, Ortega. That's my boy back there with the yeah. jersey. You know, and Hermosillo. Like these guys, like you said, it's cool seeing them play well enough. Sure, that it's not translating the wins for the team as a whole. But these guys individually are playing well enough where it allows them to be in the big leagues in 2022, probably, or at least stick somewhere with somebody, whether that's here in Chicago for the 2022 season or elsewhere. I think if we're being entirely honest, the most likely two uh, that you highlighted in your article that'll be here next year are probably Mills and Wisdom, Mm -hmm. you know, but 
who's to say that Frank Schwindel doesn't get a look as maybe just a guy off the bench or even Ortega is maybe like a fourth outfielder, you know, assuming they make a move to go get a guy to play left maybe next year, you still have Hayward and you probably bring up Brennan Davis. You know, there's still a place potentially for a guy like Rafael Ortega on this Mm -hmm. team, even if he is going to be 31 years old. So Mm -hmm. it it is very cool to see these big leaders, like you said, get that chance. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be an everyday player. If he continues to hit, I mean, he's hitting well over 300 against right-handed pitching. I mean, if even if that comes down a little bit, I mean, you can lock him in there, you know, three times a week facing a right-handed pitcher. Yeah. But if he can continue that way. So that, that's, yeah, he's not, he's not going to be an everyday player. Same thing with probably maybe Hermosillo, but they're versatile. You know, they're good outfielders. You can put them in late in the game and you need a hit. Say a lefty comes in, Hermosillo gets a nice at bat, you know, who knows? Absolutely. And, you know, that's that's the thing for some of these guys. And you see it around the major leagues. Like, not every player is a star. It's just natural, right? I mean, it's it's a fucking miracle if you get to the big leagues just in general, let mm-hmm. alone being a, a star and maybe even a Hall of Fame player. And, like, that is why some of these guys, that are able, they're able to find that niche. They're able to become a good player. And they stick around in the big leagues for a long time. I mean, look at some of the guys over the years that, have played for the Cubs that stuck around even well past them playing for the Cubs. Look at a guy like Darwin Barney. Look at a guy now like Starlin Castro. He's not a star, but he's a very good defensively versatile player that gives you a solid bet. And he's continued to play for numerous seasons. Like these guys are all going to find their niche and that's okay. But it's cool seeing, like you said, that the guys, these guys that are a little, you know, older and, and, and further along in their major league careers getting that opportunity with, you know, a, a Cubs team that is essentially wasted um, because, you know, I think we as a fan base as a whole are looking to the future. I know I'm looking to the future. Even Doe Redbeard's looking to the future here because he's talking about bringing me Castellanos and Solaire. Trust me, big playboy. I want this jersey to be relevant again next year. I really, really do. I broke it out purposely for today's episode. I was going to wear it, but it's a little hot and I didn't want to wear it. So, not crazy yeah. to think uh, you have a man crush on Patrick Wisdom when your favorite player is Castellanos. A lot of similarities Facts. there. Facts. There really is. Yes, there really <laughs> is. And I saw somebody – I'm glad you mentioned that because I saw somebody bring it up on Twitter the other day that, like, Patrick Wisdom gives very, like, Nick Castellanos vibes. And I'm like, you know what? He does because he's mm-hmm. got that, like, that charm and he's, like, always smiling. Yeah, and he's, he's got that thing when, he, when, he go, when he's – after he hits yeah. the home run, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, and, like – it also doesn't hurt the fact they're both, if we're being honest, pretty good-looking dudes, too. So, yeah. like, that certainly doesn't hurt. So, of course, they're fan favorites, you know, for some of the ladies, too. So, like, but it's cool. Like, he just – he gives that – it's, again, it's it's the vibes. Like, he gives good vibes as a baseball player, and it's so fun. I think I actually tweeted last night, um, admittedly, well into my session of hashtag crack em, as we like to say here <laughs> on Tennis Sports Net, um, that I kind of want to buy a Patrick Wisdom jersey, and it's bad. I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> But it's bad. Like it's that's where we're at right now, um, with everything. And and, and Dope Redbeard even said it here too. Uh, yes, thank you. It was it was Dope Redbeard that fucking brought it up. Thank you, sir. He's he's jumping in our comments here for those that are listening uh, as as a podcast. But he also quoted, "Doesn't see why that wisdom isn't uh, wearing number sixteen, locking down third next year." And Ron liked the tweet. I knew I saw it somewhere, and I'm glad it was our friend Aaron who uh, is a loyal listener here. We'll we'll have to get Aaron on in the off season as a guest. Um, I think that's going to have to happen at some point, but yeah, like I, I would, 
Could you could you imagine Patrick Wisdom and Nick Castellanos hitting back to back next year? In this yeah, I mean, lineup? think about think about like that. I mean, oh. Nick Castellanos had so many hit little handshakes with everybody. Think about something yeah. like that. Oh, I would, I would be, I would be a and mess. They're both, <laughs> the they're year. both, they're both no undershirt guys, if I'm not mistaken, right? Is I Castellanos right. an undershirt guy. You think about think that so. Friday, Friday one twenty. I mean, that's like, oh, that's what it is. I mean, no shirt one twenty. Sun's out. Sun's out, guns out, baby. Yep. And it really is. Like, and it's such a vibe. And, and again, I mean, we as a podcast are looking for, you know, that is very much what the rest of this 2021 season is. Whether it's looking for, you know, some of these uh, younger guys that are going to get looks, especially now with September call ups, uh, literally coming this week. September 1st is right around the corner. And, you know, we're seeing Alfonso Rivas today make his debut with the Cubs. I'm pointing because that's my television is in that general direction for those watching even though it's like 13 to one and this game's over, but um, like, you know, it, it's cool seeing these guys come up because again, they are fighting for that future next year. Could easily un- see a guy like Rivas. If he continues to hit like this, especially as that contact bat that the Cubs are desperately in need of. And he has a very good on base percentage. Maybe that's a guy you plug at first. If you don't go spend money at first base, maybe they go spend money on a, a Nick Castellanos and maybe, you know, a Marcus Stroman. I know I'm being very wishful, but mm-hmm. bear with me. You know, but let's say that's where they spend their money instead and say, hey, we're, we're okay with some of these guys in the system coming up and playing for a full season. You know, even if mm-hmm. it is just one year. But you and, can see, you see a lot of platoon, like really nice platoons kind of forming here. Because yes. I mean, none of the guys here, like you said, it's hard to make stars out of, out of play. It's hard to just find stars. So the best way to kind of combat that is platoons. And you're seeing teams like the Giants are just killing the platoon game. So, the like, reason why they're having such a good year, yeah, right. Like, so I mean, obviously that's you know the best of the of the uh, scenarios. But uh, Rivas is a left-handed hitter. Schwindel's a right-handed hitter. Hermosillo's a right-handed hitter. Ortega's a left-handed hitter. Like you're seeing, like that stuff is natural. Like that's easy to fill in. Those are cheap guys. Obviously, you can't platoon every single position because there's not enough right. roster spots, but. It, like it, it, it works mm-hmm. if you yeah. find the right guys. Absolutely, it does work, and and I think we're like you said, we we see that example out on the West Coast with San Francisco right now because they have a deep enough roster of you got your stars, right? You got your big guns, you got your Longorias, you got your Posies. Obviously, now they got KB. Those are your big guns, right, in the lineup, and then you got those those good role players that fill out the rest of the lineup very nicely. And you know, if the Cubs can do that again. We've said it here in Cubs on Tap. I think most Cubs fans have the expectation that 2022 is probably not going to be like a full-blown contention year. However, they're probably going to sniff at least the NL Central. Like, they're they're going to be within, i say, at least seven games at the end of the season next year of first place. I, I don't think that's out of the question. I don't think they're going to be that awful. But they are going to go through some growing pains. You're going to see some of these young guys probably come up and struggle. To me, next year is going to feel a lot like 2014 for the Cubs, where, like, you start to see some of the promise of the future – but like they're still not going to be that great, and then hopefully in 2023, that's when we get those 2015 vibes, and then you know, who knows from there? Because that's when a lot of these prospects are going to be due, uh, you know, up at the major league level, and a lot of them are doing huge damage. Anybody that follows Cubs on Tap, we try to, you know, tweet and quote tweet and do as much as we can with some of the minor league stuff because there's a ton of people out there that do an incredible job covering the minor leagues. A bunch of them that I would love to have on this show at some point as well, mm-hmm. but. Like, it really is a future-looking thing now for Cubs fans. So, you know, 
it is fun, like you said. And and again, really promote if you are listening and watching, please go read Joe's article. It was incredible. Um, it's awesome because again, it just highlights these guys that they're the positive storylines in what's now a very lost season for the Cubs. And it gives you something to root for, it gives you something to enjoy, and it just gives you something to literally to tune in for for the next what month, give or take a couple days. You know, of Cubs baseball, because we know they're not going to be in the postseason. So October, what, 3rd, I think, is the last game in St. Louis. So that's the end of the season for the Cubs. Then we all start thinking free agency, trades, you know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, everybody's brain starts immediately going to 2022. Mm-hmm. And it's it's still going to be fun, though, to watch these guys play the rest of the season and, and do what they do um, overall. But, Joe, I, I do want to get one more quick thought about, about the weekend. For those that were able to watch. Obviously, Friday's game was insane. Cubs ultimately losing 17-13. Football scores on baseball games are cool and tough. And then yesterday, the blowout victory for the Cubs was cool. Uh, today, the White Sox are repaying the favor. But um, overall, a, a pretty fun weekend nonetheless, even though the Cubs are going to go 1-2 and two in this series. Mm-hmm. You know, what was your favorite part of the crosstown from the Cubs perspective? First off, you know, I'm, I'm going to count Friday night's game as like a half of a win because it really doesn't matter that that they, the White Sox came back and lost. The Cubs scored 13 runs. Pretty good. Hell yeah. Same thing with, same thing with when uh, Roman hit the the home run off of Kimbrell. That's a half of a win right there. You know, they ended up losing that game, but we'll chalk it up as a half win. I mean, no one's expecting the Cubs to win these games. So that's not – they 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 competed their hearts up for the best for the, for better or for worse. But mm-hmm. Watson Wisdom, I mean Wisdom just it's the easy answer. It's the obvious answer. But man, were those especially last night those two home runs off the of landslide. I mean that guy was a Cy Young front runner. He could probably say bye bye to that Cy Young now. Yeah, possibly. So. Yeah. No, I and I'm right there with you. I think just the level of fight from this team, even though they're not winning ball games, like the morale around the clubhouse still seems to be very high. And I think that's a huge testament to not only some of the guys they have on the team. We mentioned wisdom. We mentioned some of these other guys, but like, I think a lot of that attributes to Ross too. I mean, if we're just being mm-hmm. really honest and you know, there, I, I always see a lot of like, well, is Ross the guy? And I know we've talked about it here. It comes on tap before, but like, especially when, I mean, you literally went through one of the most epic fire sales in recent memory, maybe ever, if we're being entirely honest here. You know, I think the only one I can even remotely close to thinking of is the Miami Marlins, but that one was because they went and signed a bunch of guys. It didn't work, so they just traded them all. This wasn't like, oh, this was our core that we literally broke an 108-year curse with, and Mm -hmm. they're all gone. Like, that. again, it was literally, like, mind-numbingly just extreme. Like, we'll probably never see that again at a trade deadline. So for the fact that Ross was able to do that and – go through that and then still at least put a team on the field that is at least competing in most games. Like, sure. They're not winning a lot of games, but like, it's not like there's a terrible clubhouse atmosphere and they're like yelling at each other in the dugout. And like, none of that's happening. And I think that's probably my favorite part of the weekend is like, sure. They're like today they're getting their shit kicked in, but like Rivas is having a good day individually. You know, Patty wise had a great weekend. Schwindel had a great weekend. Like, and they look like they're still having fun and like the, the, mm-hmm. the team culture is still there. And I think a lot of people were f- afraid that was going to go with the guys when they were traded at the deadline. So for me, that was my favorite part, but I, I was, I wanted to get your intrigue and yeah. Um, our triple a Iowa Cubs correspondent, Scott from Iowa. Uh, he's only here for the Patrick wisdom bombs. I think that's uh, how the rest of us are too. And 
Good point by Joe Bradbury. I want to bring a uh, note to just really quick. CBA negotiations are going to be huge. Uh, mm-hmm. We all joke about DH is coming to the NAL and on 2022. That's going to be a huge piece of that uh, this winter. So something that Cubs fans and Duke, we love you too, buddy. Uh, one of our fellow on tap um, writers here jumping in uh, in our comments section today. But Joe, uh, I don't have much more on the weekend, obviously. I mean, the Cubs got one win, you know, big appearances from guys like Mills and Wisdom, and I'm sure we're going to focus heavily on Wisdom for the rest of the season as well. Um, and, again, I'm, I'm highly encouraging everybody to go read Joe's article. I think it per- perfectly encompasses today's episode as well as the rest of the weekend. Um, so, Joe, quickly, I will turn it over to you for any final thoughts before we uh, go ahead and look forward. Kind of just want to echo your sentiment on David Ross. I completely agree with you. I, you know, there's tons of people out there criticizing him, saying, "Is he the guy?" Blah blah blah. He's still going through a learning curve himself, too. I think he is. I think he is our guy. You know, whether or not that means he can go out there and coach us to a World Series or whatever, who knows? But the man is the man is can help us compete, and you're seeing it still right now. It's not really resulting in wins, but that's not his fault necessarily. It's not anybody's fault. They're just outmatched a lot of the games they play, but you can see that competitive nature is still there. They all still are fighting tooth and nail to get that win. And they're just falling short sometimes. Sometimes they lose 13 to 1, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? But I think next year, especially, will be a great year for David Ross to kind of go through some growing pains on his own. Like he's still learning. This is his first full season, and he kind of had a really I mean, everything got blown up midway through his first full season. So he's going through some learning curves. I think what's going to be good for him is now he doesn't have that, uh, you know, that eye over his shoulder of everybody being like, oh, how are you going to, how are you going to coach your best friends? How are you going to coach all the guys you're buddy, buddy with? Well, those, those guys are gone. Yeah. He played with Jason Hayward. Yeah. He played with Kyle Hendricks and Wilson Contreras, but like, those aren't those guys that he was buddy, buddy with. I don't mm-hmm. worry about Contreras or Hendricks not respecting David Ross. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. So now everybody that comes in now is somebody new that nobody is going to have to complain. Oh, he's going to baby them because he's buddy, buddy with them. That's over with now. And so I think next year, I mean, he's going to go through, he's still going through some learning curves. So yeah, next year, I, I think he is our guy. And I think you could tell, because, like you mentioned, that winning culture has not lo- has not gone. It didn't leave with everybody else. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's why I'm confident in David Ross. That's incredibly well said, man. I'm I, I love everything that you had to say there. I just want to add a couple of things just to back your 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 points and your argument. Um, you mentioned it. You know, he's going through learning curves. How would you like to be a first time manager and deal with a COVID nineteen shortened season and literally the most epic fire sale in potentially MLB history? Like that's that's his first two seasons in the major leagues. Oh, and, mm-hmm. and today's game is what the 192nd game of his managerial career. So he's co- he's he's theoretically 30 games into his second season as a manager. I agree with you. I think people need to pump the brakes. He's still learning too. And actually, this feels like a, maybe a perfect storm that he and this team are all kind of learning and rising together. So maybe in you know 2023, 2024, when this team is truly competitive, hopefully again, like everybody's at that elite level. So I, I love what you had to say. Uh, one thing I would like to add as a final thought before we go ahead and look forward. Uh, thank you, White Sox, for Cody Hoyer, because I still believe he's going to be the gem of that Kimbrel trade. I think Madrigal's going to be very good. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Um, love having a guy that's probably going to hit 300 every year for the rest of his career. I thoroughly enjoy that. Um, mm-hmm. But 
I think Cody Hoyer working in the pitch lab is going to be literally just mm, – it's going to make me so happy, mm-hmm. and I, I can't wait for it. So thank you, White Sox. I, I for, think he uh, looks much work. better in the – he looks much better in the blue. I, I, I really does. dislike – I really dislike the black and white colors for uniforms in general, but – and just just a better number too. He's wearing what sixty five with the White Sox. Like twelve looks nice. I like twelve. Twelve looks good. And you know, by them giving him twelve, like hey, we're giving you a good number. So like hey, you're, you're a part you're, of you're this. Sticking thing. around, yeah. yeah you're sticking, sticking around. around. Like you're not just coming in for a year. We're shipping you off somewhere else. Um, he's definitely going to be a part of the future. Well, looking forward, uh, as we mentioned, Joe, um, putting this crosstown fully behind us for the rest of the season. Uh, not going to lie to you, given the circumstances of this season. Thank goodness that's the case. Uh, but the Cubs are going to travel to the Twin Cities, and they will play the Minnesota Twins up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, at what I've heard is a very beautiful ballpark there in mm-hmm. Target Field. Um, it will be a 7-10 uh, Central Daylight Time first pitch on Tuesday, August 31st. Cubs are off tomorrow, which very strange for the Cubs to have a Monday off day, but we'll take it. Um, everybody can reset at the start of the week. If you're listening to the game, your usual places to find that uh, for Chicago, 670 to score, watching on Marquee Sports Network. And if you happen to be uh, up in the Minnesota area and you are a Cubs fan, like uh, our friend on Twitter, uh, Mike Dubs, uh, Mike Dubs Radio, um, you can listen to the game, WCCO 830, Audacity, uh, The Wolf 1029, uh, um, TIBN, and TwinsBaseball.com. That's a lot of places you can listen to the game and you can watch on Valley Sports North. Pitching matchup for Tuesday will be it's the 6-10 and 10 Zach Davies. Uh, he also has a 5 ERA and 102 uh, strikeouts this year. I think we're all kind of done with Zach Davies and think he's never going to be a Cub ever again after this year, but that's okay. And on the bump for the Twins will be John Gant, the former Cardinal, if I remember correctly. Uh, he's 4-8 and eight on the year with a 4 ERA and 76 Ks. Weird seeing flat numbers for ERAs because I feel like mm-hmm. that never, never happens. Um, oh, one quick comment here before we get into this on YouTube from our friend Corey here. Uh, Sox fan coming in peace, respectfully. Always always appreciate – I call them good Sox fans, and this isn't like a trash thing, but it's just like if you're a baseball fan in general and you can have a baseball fan conversation, even if you're a White Sox fan, like God love you if you want to be a White Sox fan. I, I, I think that those are the people I appreciate having conversations with. So, mm-hmm. Corey, thank you for coming in peace. It says, hope both of our teams can be good at least once in our lifetimes. I mean, we kind of got teased by that back in, like, 2008 when both teams won the divisions. Obviously, it was a very different time. And even now, like, looking back at it, both of those teams were, like, good but not that good. Uh, they almost kind of remind me of, like, what the Mets were for most of this season. Like, hey, we're winning the NL East, but it's a trash division and we're probably not going to win the World Series. Uh, I think that it would be something. But it would be quite something, I mean, if both of these teams – because really, I mean, the White Sox should still be competitive in 2023, 2024. And if the Cubs are competitive too, that could really up the ante and make the Crosstown mm-hmm. Classic um, something truly special. But, Joe, yep. looking forward to Tuesday. Uh, speaking of another AL Central team that the Cubs are going to see here in Minnesota, what are you expecting on Tuesday? Obviously, Davies is on the bump. It's a little preview from you. And uh, if you got to fly the W pick and you want to share, uh, I would say go ahead uh-huh. and do that now as well. Yeah, like you said, I think all of us are kind of sick of Zach Davies. We're we're done with the the Zach Davies era. I think he is as well. I'm sure he he'll be happy to get out of here and pro- hopefully for himself, maybe return to some of his prior success. Um, it, it's two uh, not so great teams facing off against each other, so there, there's not much to say about it. Yeah, uh, John Gant, former Cardinal. I'm not sure how did I'm not. Oh, it must have been in the J Hap trade. That's what it mm. was. 
There you right. go. So he's, he's, you know, recent, he's really new to the, to the twins organization. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. I think he's, is he, no, he's a right-handed pitcher. Um, right. yeah, there's not much to say about, it. I mean, the twins are having, you know, even more of a disappointment, disappointing season than the Cubs, considering they came out of the gate just flat. At least the Cubs had a, a spark <laughs> at some point. Um, so we'll see. I hope, I mean, hopefully we can continue to see, uh, you know, our young guys and some of the new guys continue to hit a little bit. The pitching has really just taken a dive. That That's, mm. you know, what sucks to watch. But, you know, it just you, you take it for what it is. You, you you hope to continue to see good at-bats from some of our new guys, and and hopefully it puts all, it gets all together into a win. So I think since uh, we have a right-handed pitcher on the mound, I'll go with Ortega. I think he'll stay hot. I Maybe put a little put a little spotlight on that jersey back there. Little spot, yeah. It's a little dark uh, for those that are watching live. The clouds are rolling and the rain's coming where I live, so you can't really mm. see the jersey all that well. But it's back there, uh, the lovely number sixty-six. I, the next time I'll be at Wrigley is on September eleventh. Ironically, I'll be there for when KB returns to Wrigley. Um, I really hope they have Patrick Wisdom jerseys like they did Ortega jerseys hanging in the store. Because I'll tell you what, if they do, I might be getting one. But nonetheless, um, I like that pick. I think Ortega is a good pick, and and yeah, I mean what you said too. It really feels like for the rest of the season, outside of potentially getting Elzale back and, and just seeing what he has left in a couple of starts, Kyle just being a joy to watch. Usually, obviously today had a rough day, but you know Hendricks is always a joy to watch. But really, like from the pitching side of things, it really is just Steele, Keegan, and then to me at least Hoyer and Rodriguez then out of the pen mm-hmm. and hopefully high leverage situations. So that's – I agree with you. Like, right now it is more fun watching this team hit because you do have Patrick Wisdom and Schwindel and Ortega and Hermosillo and and Rivas if he continues to hit two, get two hits every game like he did today. Like, those are going to be the fun guys to watch. So I, I agree with you. I think that's going to be a good time. And I'm going to go ahead um, – see, I want to go ahead and do it. I don't know. This is what kills me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a little asterisk on my – uh, on my pick, and here's why. I want to pick Alfonso Rivas for Tuesday's game. High contact guy, left-handed bat, so you know he's good against righties. I want to see what he has to do. The only thing is I don't know if he's going to be playing first or if it's going to be Schwindel playing first because, let's be honest, Schwindel really hasn't had any issue hitting anybody. But now that I sh- it actually just dawned on me, they're an AL team. We'll have a DH right. on Tuesday. Right, so I am going to go ahead. I am going to go ahead and take Rebus, actually. Yeah. Um, without any constituents, uh, yeah. my my asterisk pick was going to be Wisdom. But I'm going to go ahead and roll with the new guy. We're going to go with Rebus. Um, yeah, he'll definitely Tuesday. be in there. Yeah. Whether he's playing first or DH. Right. 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 Yeah, he played first day and Schwindel DH'd. So. Yeah, so maybe they flip-flop or maybe the same right. thing or whatever. But um, I'll go ahead and take Rebus. I, I really want to see what he has to do. Because, again, we've heard so much about him. I mean, Alex Cohen is a great resource on Twitter. Um the broadcaster for the AAA Iowa Cubs, um, a couple of you know friends of the program, uh, Brian Smith being one of those guys, have done a great job. Rivas's name has been very much in like mm-hmm. the waves of how good he's been this year. So like I'm I'm legitimately 24. excited to see. He's only yeah. 24. He's young. He was only drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in 18, the same draft class as uh, Andrew Vaughn because they were yeah, talking about 18. it today on the broadcast. He was a fourth round pick, I think, in 2018 by mm-hmm. the Oakland Athletics. 
Like, I don't understand why how he ended up with the Cubs. Was he just like it was Tony Kemp trade? They showed it earlier today. So the Cubs, who'd they get? I forget. They got Tony Kemp from the Astros and then traded him. They sent the next... him to the A's in the offseason. That's right. right. Oh, the Cubs won that trade too. Let's fucking go, Jen. Yes, I love that. Um, before we get before we drag this thing out anymore, do you have any more thoughts today before we wrap this thing up? No, Cubs game just won final 13 to 1. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's about it. Woo! Yep, they lost. Uh, and if you are a Sox fan that was joining, like Corey did today, thank you for joining. Uh, our Sox on Tap guys should be on here uh, very shortly uh, as well, broadcasting their post game, uh, talking about obviously a big series win for the Sox. And, you know, they're going into a, a playoff stretch. They have the Pittsburgh Pirates on Tuesday, they are also off. Uh, on Monday too. So before we go ahead and wrap up, I do want to remind everybody Cubs on tap is the official Cubs podcast of the on tap sports network. You can go ahead and check out all of our great work over at www.ontapsportsnet.com and at on tap sportsnet on social media, follow our pod specific accounts at cubbies on tap at C U B B I E S. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram. I am at loose on tap on Twitter. Joe is at Joe Maris on Twitter and follow all of our other great contributors at Cody on tap at juice on tap at Marty Laval at the riot Three Twenty Six, and all that do great work here for the uh, Chicago Cubs coverage here at Ontap Sportsnet. We also have great coverage for all the other Chicago sports teams. Bears, big win for the preseason for them. Game one coming up very soon. Blackhawks training camp should be getting started here in September now for hockey. Uh, and the Bulls, obviously a lot of excitement around them as well. Be sure to tune in with all of our other coverage units here. And yes, Cubs fans, we talked about it before. We all have friends that are White Sox fans. Our Sox on Tap guys do a great job covering the Southsiders as well. So once again, www.ontapsportsnet.com at Ontap Sportsnet on social media. The on tap sports network go ahead and check out what's on tap in chicago sports ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us today if you listened as a podcast thank you for listening uh, you can find us wherever uh, you subscribe to your favorite podcast please like rate and review we'd greatly appreciate it if you enjoy listening to us um and joe what do you say man we get out of here the only way we know how to buddy yep let's go cubbies let's go cubs